entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Turn the music up, turn me down. Google. Let's go get him again. This time is for the money, my nigga. Brooklyn, stand up. Never been a nigga this good for this long, this hood, or this pop, this hot, or this strong. Uh -huh, so yeah. many different flows. This one's for this uh -huh. song. The next one uh -huh. I switch up. This one will get bit yeah. up. These fucks too late to make up. <laughs> it's TDB. To be determined, we're back better than ever. Feeling good. I wouldn't say feeling great. Actually, I would say feeling great. And we, we got a new better. president. <laughs> we got a new president. We living better though, too, bro. You about to move into your place next week. I'm moving to my place next week. We living better. Oh, yeah, definitely moving. Yeah, for sure. Moving. That joint gonna be tough. Time to time to relocate in what they call Connecticut, which <laughs> No one's a fan of because it was 40 degrees and snowing yesterday. Double back to probably, I don't know, last Thursday. I'm riding around, happened to stumble upon a little beach. So, you know, sunset's cool. It's cute. It's beautiful. I'm driving around that joint, looking at it, scenic. Take a little pic. And as I drop the phone out the frame, <laughs> I see a deer walking on the beach the fuck is that about? and actually like a deer like that's in that connecticut back shit. Home in PA. like on the beach though seagulls flying around and shit <laughs> i'm like okay why is you you wasn't trying to be the deer boy you know you went to the berg and shit you know the deer boy you know boy who you know canela <laughs> you know he should have came he had, i mean he, he <laughs> a little tough times for him lately he rebranded after his little mishap because <laughs> he dead. was getting you know, he got beat down. He but that was some down. corny shit, though, too. Some corny shit, like, bullshit in the snucky. Yeah, head. I mean, that's what happens when you get hot on Twitter. Yeah. People hate. They see, you, they, they see you outside, you're an opportunity. You're not a person. You're not a person yeah. off of Twitter. You you a headline if you want to turn into it. But, you know, the, the headline this morning was, Nets took the L. <laughs> oh, no. And, like, and it's like, ah, could we see the L coming? Some would say yes, yeah, some would say no. Did you think they would lose last night? I didn't think that they would lose last night. I, Not saying, obviously not saying that there's no chance that they would lose last night, but I didn't, I didn't see them losing. I thought, you know, Katie and Harden played well together, and I just thought the addition of Kyrie was going to be very simplistic and, and a nice transition. And I mean, it was for the most part of the game until the last three minutes. What did you see? Well, it looked like the classic trap game for me, in the sense of not 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 in the sense of like, oh, we just came off a huge win, and we got a bad team coming up. But oh, we're about to add a key piece to our team. Someone who's been missing. Someone who's been causing headlines. He's about to become. He's about to come back. Ain't we playing a bad team? <laughs> we ain't worried about the Cavs. We can roll out there with our with our practice Nets jerseys on with the scribble on them and get the dub. It looked like they played down to the competition at times. 
a little laxed, but you know, the, the things that we discussed after the move in terms of their depth and their size and their rebounding, they out rebounded the Cavs, but I don't know if they out, <clears throat> I don't know if they outworked the Cavs because they mm-hmm. like they played harder. And, you know, that's a testament to Colin Sexton because that's who he is. Everybody now is like, oh, Colin Sexton's crazy. The young bull. Young bull been good. He been good. I mean, he had a rough, rough start to his career because, you know, he's trying to find his footing in a bad place in Cleveland. Kyrie hasn't played in Cleveland, I don't know, probably since they won the chip. So he comes back and ends up taking 28 shots. I don't know if I'm here for 28. Not to say that he shouldn't take 28 because there's going to be times when he does take 28 shots and score probably more than 37. He made 15 of them shots. I can't say that's a bad game. I can say some of them shots were a little ill-advised, which is, you know, bad shots. I mean... My whole thing with Kyrie Irving, and like you said, I don't really have a huge problem with him taking 28 shots. But when you look at the shot chart and you look at Kevin Durant took 25 and then Harden only took 14. Which is fine. Which is fine, but at the same time, and and when you know the type of shots that Kyrie Irving took late in that game, you would have kind of hoped that Harden would have took some of those shots. One, because, I mean, he was making more of them at a higher clip. And two, I mean, Kyrie just wasn't taking the right shot at that at those moments. And it was it, it was frustrating to see. And it also, you know, allowed uh, the Cavaliers to stay in the game. But let's not like take anything away from this Cavs team, because, I mean, they fought tooth and nail to get this win and they deserved it. I mean, Colin Sexton put on a show um, with crazy. He had 42 <laughs> points, five assists, and five rebounds on one turnover. Like, we're going to get to something later on in the show that really – that we're going to talk about turnovers and how important that is to point guards. But, like, people don't – we just don't – me and you both, we don't – I don't think we – I don't think we think that people um, really understand and realize the magnitude of that turnover um, to assist ratio, like how important that is. Like, that's one of the reasons why put, uh, Chris Paul is the type of player that he is. So it's kind of just like – the fact that he was able to score that much and be that effective and get his team involved and not have as many turnovers was very, very, very eye-opening. Now, look, we ain't going to trip. It's one loss on a random day early in the season in the NBA. This type of thing, these type of things happen. The 73-9 Warriors lost to the Lakers, and they were terrible. You know, so, like, it happens. Great things happen. Great teams lose. It happens. The game result wasn't really about wins or losses to me. I'm looking at the Nets, and I see that they need, like we talked about, they need the the extra big. Because DeAndre Jordan, you know, he did what he was supposed to do, but that fall off from him to whomever is coming off the bench, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a revolving door right now. But we know that they need that. But I just hope that, people aren't looking at this and they're like, oh my God, like they were great without Kyrie. Kyrie comes in, he takes the most shots. Some of the shots are bad shots during during running time. He should have deferred to X person. He should have deferred to this person. Like we're going to see these type of irregularities with 
all three of those guys on certain occasions. It just so happened Kyrie came back and he kicked it off. We might see Harden come down a week from now and, and shoot terribly in late game situations and they lose a game. You know, everybody's not going to be like, oh, they should trade James Harden. They should have never got him. You know, everyone's saying, yo, we should trade Kyrie Irving. It's not Kyrie Irving's fault why they lost the game. They lost the game because they lost the game. They didn't play well. As a team. As a team, they didn't play well. Like, individually, Kyrie had a great game. <laughs> exactly. I don't care about that plus minus shit. You make 15 shots in an NBA game, that's a great game, period. End of discussion. Harden had another triple-double, which is nuts. <laughs> we know he's going to be the guy that levels out the team late to me because – of his ability to pass and his willingness to pass. You know, I think that's something that we should probably talk more of when it comes to Harden because we saw him go from OKC as a backup point guard, late game point guard to the Rockets and become a score lord, super high usage rate for those who love that shit, AKA the guy who got the rock all the time. You know, we saw him become that player for an extended period of time, and we put him in that box. Not even remembering the box that he jumped out of in OKC, he was a distributor as well as a scorer. He's an adult now in the NBA. <laughs> He's not going to just go over to Brooklyn and still be doing the rocket shit. And he said, it, I got to tie back into my point guard ability. So I think he's going to be a, a, a very big reason why when it starts to get rolling for Brooklyn, that shit's going to roll. And he's an MVP. I mean, you know he's a man? basketball savant. Like, he's a, he's a, he, he's, he's just, he's a one of one. Like, he's not he's like, <laughs> he's not like anything we've ever seen in the league. But I think the biggest thing with this Brooklyn team, and we've talked about it several times, is just they're going to have to, you know, iron out the kinks and, and, and just figure out what works for them. Like, I think that's, it's going to be a lot of trial and error. And that's what this regular season is for. Um, you know, yeah, we love regular season games. They're a lot of fun and there's a lot of upsets. Uh, but the regular season is really those games that you're, you're trying things out. You're trying to see what works to prepare you for the playoffs. Um, that's why, you know, anybody can win on any given night. It, 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 there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things that coaches are trying to uh, debunk and, and figure out and see what works. Um, so later on down the line, they can pull stuff out of a hat or pull stuff, you know, that they that they have done in the beginning of the season uh, just to mix things up in the playoffs. But my question to you, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, they all played more than 45 minutes last night. And I know the game did go into two overtimes. How is this minutes uh, breakdown going to um, go for the Brooklyn team moving forward? Because if you look at if you look at the Cavaliers, there was only one person that played more than 50 minutes or who played 50 minutes at all, and that was Osmond. Um, Colin Sexton didn't even play 50 minutes. He didn't even play 45 minutes. He played 38. So how is this minute restriction? I mean, not minute restriction, but how is the minute breakdown going to um, going to you know pan out for for this Nets team? Well, see, it's kind of hard to judge it because, like you said, it was a two-overtime game. So if we go back to the fourth quarter and, I don't know, maybe Kyrie Irving has played 46 minutes to Harden and KD's 48. 
you know, they're probably going to have to play big minutes between now and whenever they address the need for their depth. You know, so they might play 35 minutes. I don't think that's going to happen. The only person who probably will do that would be James Harden. I can see James Harden being the guy out of the big three to lead those three individuals in minutes per game. I can see that happening because as great as KD has looked, I'm not here for having him going out and playing Tom Thibodeau minutes. You sitting down for 30 seconds and immediate timeouts. I'm not here for that, especially off the Achilles. I'm not doing that. No, I can see Harden being the guy who leads that um that team in minutes because think- they're going to have to play extended minutes in the immediate now, but further on into the season, I think you'll see that start to get scaled back as they can see um, what they're going to do with the big three. Because if it was me, after I after we all start the game and then we start getting into the bench rotations, you know, eight minutes into the game, four minutes into the game, I'm going to stagger my big three. Yeah. So they can get rest. And that's the beauty of having a big three of those type of guys. Because even if they're on the court individually, they can hold it down offensively. And you're not like, damn, like I don't who's gonna, you know, who's gonna carry the offensive load here? No, nah, there's no questions about that. So if I was Nash, D'Antoni, Jacques Vaughn, I'm staggering the minutes once everything gets a little bit more clear because, you know, like we said, it's Kyrie's first game back, plopping in on a team who just got a top five talent after they just ripped the bottom out of their roster, which is cool because top five players don't come out on trees. You know? <laughs> you I, was, I mean, I was just wondering because it's like they played a lot of minutes last night. And I just don't know how it's going to go for them moving forward. And then also, it's just like that's a lot of wear and tear as well, like playing 35, 38 minutes a night, almost 40 minutes a night. Like that's like that, you know, takes a toll. It's going to take a toll on anybody. Not saying that they can't do it, not saying that they should. But I mean, I don't think they should. But at the same time, you got to do what you got to do to win games. So, I mean, I also understand that. Yeah, I mean, I just don't I don't know if I think that they'll play upwards of 34. 34 is a lot to me for what they have offensively. And, you know, it might be situational in terms of like, oh, this week we're going to play a little bit of extra extra minutes because we ain't like how the bench played in practice. You know, all that stuff is a factor. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But at the end of the day, they got MVPs on the team, man. Like, <laughs> them dudes know how to handle their bodies. It ain't like KD is like super crazy injury prone. He's had his fair share of injuries for sure. But if there was one person I'd be worried about in terms of minutes and wear and tear is Kyrie. Yeah. That that's just simply put. But like I said, they got MVPs on this team. And I might have MVP because Joel and B. <laughs> we always was knocking him. Well, not we, but they. <laughs> Yes, the they The media is always like, oh man, Joel's cool, but like he's clumsy and he doesn't really take the game serious. And you know, he doesn't care about his body. He's on the sideline eating cheeseburgers and Chick-fil-A time. sandwiches. Chick-fil-A and Shake Shack combos prior to the game. Yeah, he got 30, but like I didn't like that he shot that many threes. Whatever. The man looks legit. Literally, whatever. Like 
he's already he already was a one of one as a big anyway in this NBA. He's the new age big. Like we've we've been trying to search for that big to me. It's Joel. <laughs> and now he's healthy, he's in shape, and he's dominating the game. What did you see from your guy? Man, my guy, my guy played just ill. It was it really makes me speechless because Ew. you've seen so many flashes of this throughout the years. Like you've seen Joel have dominant games, have dominant performances, but you've just never consecutively seen him take over games. And I finally feel like Joel has won the right coach to put him in winning situations. And two, I think he finally is fully grasping the game and fully understanding. Remember, he came to the game late. He didn't start playing this game until he was a teenager. I think he's finally understanding the in the ins and outs and the nuances of playing the game of basketball and playing as a big. You know, him getting deeper into the post and not letting the defender push him out of the paint. Um, you know, him running the floor baseline to baseline, just, you know, keeping the defense honest, those types of things and just being very aggressive with the ball and being aware of the double team and making quick decisions out of the double team. Like that's been the biggest thing with Joel is that when the double team comes, he's thinking too much, he's taking too much time and he's letting the pressure get to him. He's now getting the ball, making quick, decisive decisions and, um, and moving, the, moving that basketball or scoring it. Uh, but, you know, you knew that he had the talent and you know, you know, all these people talking about Jokic. I don't want to hear that shit. I'm sorry. Nah, I, nah. I, I'm tired of that. Like Jokic is a special player. He's he's definitely a very, very, very talented player. But at the same time, Jokic is nowhere near the de- the defender or the scorer that Joel Embiid is. Joel Embiid is a inside all around scorer, and then he can also step behind that three point line and knock that shit down as well. He 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 he's a one of one, and and like you said, he is the new age big. Guys are gonna start, uh, you know, mirroring their games after him, and it's just exciting to see it, and it's exciting for me because you know Joel's gone through a lot. You know, I remember the that that game against Toronto that we should have won, where you know Kawhi hits that shot and he's walking off crying, and he's be, and he becomes a meme. But it's like I felt him on that because he wanted to win, he wants to win, and he's a passionate player. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm glad that, you know, we're in a winning situation. And he did that against Boston, too, because, you know, Boston's been his nemesis in his career as well. Yeah, Boston. Boston's always been a thorn in your side. Marcus Smart's always been a thorn in your side. Um, you know, I want to give a shout out to Cat, too. Cat is one of those bigs as well. You don't really feel him like that. But from, you know, the standpoint of the new age big, being able to create off the dribble as a big, being able to be pretty dominant with your back to the basket mid-range game learning how to you know pass out of double teams and all that him and then B to me are the two bigs now that like they're different like in the right situation like you said in a winning situation they can be different and it's something you said something about you know the journey of Embiid and you know him learning the game and getting better every year and putting you know stuff on his to-do list in the offseason the the whole Harden thing about to come to Philly, not coming to Philly, Ben Simmons in the deal, Ben Simmons not in the deal, he, he, ha, ha. That showed me that the organization is like, yo, this is Joe's team. 
Because we don't, like Ben Simmons is cool. The idea of Ben Simmons is cool. I think that is the problem with not all Sixers fans, but the ones who are kind of like, you know, blinded by the whole process and the, the, the draft and holding on to these picks and where they were selected and who's a bust and who's not and all this stuff going on. And it's like, you have to get better. If I'm a boss of you and you come into, and I, I come into work and I'm like, yo, Bills, I need you to get better at Microsoft Excel, bro. You <laughs> fucking up the product. You know, you messing up our bottom line with these, like, you're the last step between us and how we get paid and how we get project, uh, projections and in, in, in all these business magazines. Like, are are you going to get better at, at your job? <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it are you going to come in? Are you going to come in and, and be better at Microsoft Excel? Yeah, for sure. Easily. I mean, it's going to help both of us. But like everybody knows that you ain't that good at it, though, right? Yeah. But like you young, you the hot shot coming into the company and <laughs> everybody going to give you a little pass. Like, all right, he, he, he going to get it right. You I mean, it's only Microsoft Word. <laughs> it's only Microsoft Excel. Like you there, to, that's your job description. You're not getting hired to, to, to push something out that's not what you do. Like you ain't go to school for that. Right. That's not what you're known for. Your man, Ben fucking Simmons, has not gotten better at all since he came into the NBA. More refined, sure. But outright better, absolutely not. And it's ridiculous to me because he knows what his deficiencies are. They're not met. There's not many of them. You can guard. You can board. You can pass. You can dribble. You can demand double teams. Maybe wait. You can't because you don't want to shoot the basketball. You are a basketball player. No one's asking this guy to come out here and be Ray Allen, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Luca, Dirk. We're not fuck. We're not even asking you to be Mehmet Okor. You don't got to be none of them niggas. All you got to do is shoot the 10-footer, the 8-footer, the 6-footer. He don't want to do none of that. And it, it blows my mind that I've seen so many Sixers fans and people who have opinions on deals and what's worth this and who's worth this and who's not. How can you sit and be comfortable watching four years of the same shit? Dude's turning into a light-skinned Draymond. And you don't like that. Look at your face. I don't agree with that shit. I don't. You don't I, agree that he's light skinned Draymond, or that he hasn't gotten better. I don't agree that he's light skinned Draymond. I okay, think, and I don't. And I don't. Okay. That's fine. That's fair. I don't fully agree that. I think he's more of an Andre Miller, but I mean, Andre Miller had fifty five on all twos. Continue. In Philly, might I add? But go ahead. What I'm saying is that their games are more comparable than than uh, Draymond Green. But anyway, anywho, back <laughs> at the ranch. Um, I, I don't fully agree with your statement that he hasn't gotten better because I mean I think he has in some in some facets, but at what the same but at the same time, I mean he has taken more jumpers, and I mean he hasn't taken a lot more, but he's taken a. I mean to be honest, for him, he, he has taken a lot more. He has taken a lot more shots than he was taking when he first out but here's my I, here's the thing that i just don't get about 
Ben Simmons is. And I saw this shit on Twitter a few days ago. In the summer league, he was willingly shooting middies, willingly shooting three-point jumpers at a consistent clip. I don't know what happened once he... I don't know if it was the foot injury, foot injury or the back, whatever he had his rookie season, and it just threw everything out the window. I don't, I really don't know, but I do know this. Ben Simmons is the type of player who likes to play his game, um, likes to play his game very efficiently. And I think in his mind, he is not a consistent or good enough shooter right now for him to take those shots over other players that are on the floor with him. So his mindset, his mindset is that I'm good at rebounding right now. I'm the best rebounder um, passer on the floor right now. That's, that should be my main duties and playing defense. Those should be my main duties on this roster right now. And while I'm on the floor and that's what I'm going to do. And he don't give a fuck about what anybody else has to say. We, we've seen that. Brett Brown tried to call him out. But you see how Doc Rivers handles him. Like, that. this is the difference between how Brett Brown handled him and how Doc handles him. Doc's not saying shit. Doc's like, all right, fine. Play your game. Fine. Go ahead. But the thing is, Doc's also holding him accountable. And, you, and here's the shift. In the beginning of the game, we talk about this all the time. You talk about this all the time. His off-ball movement is, is so piss poor. Like, bro, if you're not going to shoot, move the fuck around on defense. It's the, I mean, on offense, on offense. You move it's the around. Key to your offense. Move. It's literally the key to move. your offense. And when he did it towards the end of the game and he was and he was cutting down the down the lane and he was he was running baseline to baseline, the offense started to flow more. And we were able to get more shots off, more clean shots off. So it's like that's the key. That's my thoughts on Ben Simmons, man. It's just so so many conflicting thoughts and so many things surrounding him. But at the end of the day, Ben is going to do what Ben is going to do. But that's why we need to share it for Bear Bill. Ben for Bill. Hashtag stop. it. Ben for Bill. Stop. Ben for Bill. Like, don't say not- stop because you don't want that shit to happen because you know what the fuck's going to go down. You know what the fuck's going to go down if we get fucking Bradley Bill. Your bitch asses, your fucking butt cheeks are going to start squeezing together because your ass is going to get fucking scared that we're going to go into the fucking finals and beat your fucking guys. And you know it. That's why you fucking smirking like that. You know it. You know it. I'm, I'm just laughing. You know, and I'm, I know he know. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's like, Bradley Bill not helping y'all beat no Lakers because at the end of the day, your guy, Benjamin R. Simmons, always <laughs> accurate, but I'm gonna call him R because it feels like it flow. Your guy <laughs> has now created this narrative and this thought process for y'all, for y'all, y'all Sixers fans, that it's okay to coddle somebody for not wanting to do better for themselves and the betterment of the team. Benjamin is great he's an incredible talent he's a very very good basketball player but the glaring weakness is something that you as a professional should be able to do that's like drafting a quarterback and he refuses to throw the football in one direction of the field like he refuses oh i'm a right-handed guy i'm only going to go from the middle of the field to the right Refuses to do it. Maybe throw this to the left a couple times. Yeah, that's Ben Simmons. Y'all are okay with 
how he's being handled and it shouldn't you have to be held accountable i'm not okay with it there's a difference i'm not okay with it and i don't think i just but, wanted like, to make sure because it's like listen bro i understand how good you are but like can you please just you don't even got to make them joints that's the thing you don't even got to make them just shoot them just, just the fact of him shooting them let them fly it's it's the it's the effect of your guy Russell Westbrook back when he was in OKC and before he started to hit that that cliff and go down, his bad misses in transition are better than the wide open misses of Andre Roberson, because you expect that motherfucker to miss. <laughs> Russ, you you like all right? Well, I mean, thank God he missed it. We out the other way. It's a difference. It's a mentality. It has an effect that puts pressure on the defense. You gotta at least shoot it a little bit. I mean, I but get that's the thing that y'all do in Philly. Y'all are so okay. We're not okay with, with coddling. With you guys are you guys are okay with coddling and handling certain players in y'all sports town with kid gloves. But how are we oh coddling God, him? Do you know how much hate he gets on Twitter? Like Sixers yeah. fans yeah. literally hate him. Sixers fans also got Colangelo fired. So I don't, I don't, I'm here for but what I'm saying is that Sixers you're talking about, people. but you're talking about a fan base coddling a player in which they hold him very, they hold him to a very high standard and they're very critical of him. So I'm fans, just not understand. I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm, I'm not understanding where you're coming from. I'm really not. Fans, I'm not talking about the fans. I'm talking about the management, the people who are actually physically and tangibly handling Ben. But how are you making that Philadelphia fan base in general keeps it real. They know what the fuck they talking about, but it's the, it's that one portion, you know, the smallest is always the loudest who are saying, you know, you can't do this to Ben Simmons because he's the number two pick. You can't talk bad about Carson Wentz because it's the coaching. No, everybody in these situations have to be held accountable. I mean, I, I think I think Ben Simmons has to get better. He has to shoot the ball. Carson Wentz, he has to have some self-reflection and say, yo, you know what? <laughs> I was ass last year, dog, and I got Doug fired. <laughs> yo, can you chill the fuck out? I mean, that's what it looked like to me. He out there, they talking about your guys out here calling Doug P's calling to play. Carson Wentz is up under there talking about kill, 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 blue 80, Omaha on me. Audience of one on me said, hut, hut. It's a reason why false starts is happening. Audience of one on me, huh? Why? But now it's coaching. It's not really, there's very little accountability for Carson Wentz. What I mean, do you guys do now? I mean, since you're talking about Carson Wentz, I mean, did you see the shit that just, that just popped up, bro? You see, you know, who, you know, the Eagles just decided on their coaching hire. Great. Well, I'll tell you who, I, I can guess. I ain't even going to look at the phone. I'm not going to look at anything. I can guess 100,000%. I'll put everything on it. It's not Eric Bieniemy. He interviews bad, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Who is it? It is Nick Serrani. I think that's how you say his name. The offensive coordinator for the Colts. Hmm. That's interesting. This was very I I'm very shocked. I haven't heard a lot. I mean, I may be butchering his name. I'm very sorry. But maybe a Saranian. Saranian? Who knows? We'll we'll find out. We'll definitely figure it out. But at the we'll same time, so, I mean, I guess I I guess they're trying to get plucked from the Frank Wright tree 
instead of the Andy Reid tree. This is a Frank Wright tree even a thing? Is that a tree? Is that a, a, a bush? Is it a shrub? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Frank Wright. I mean, let's. I mean, that's the only reason why we went. To, we went to a bowl and won that bitch. It was because of him. Sure as hell wasn't Doug. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this then. You know, you you like we were just talking about with the Philadelphia fan base. Philadelphia fans know what they want, know what they need, and they keep people accountable. And the coaches are not included. I mean, they're they're not excluded from that, I should say. You guys also have this thing about, you know, talking yourselves into the sexy name. Yeah. Doug Peterson wasn't necessarily a sexy name. He came in and won a bull. Not to say that Nick is going to come in and do the same thing, but are are you more confident in the lesser known hire in Nick, or would you have preferred a splashy name? I would have preferred Eric B. Enemy. It's not about flash. I would have preferred that. It's not about flashy name or not. I mean, obviously, it's easier um, to kind of digest a bigger name just because you know what you're getting. You know, accept it more. Yeah, yeah, you like you know the uh, the resume, but like security, like you know, you put that thing in a in a blue mailbox, it's gonna go where it's supposed to. Exactly, facts. You put it in a little clear joint, uh, hopefully, maybe. But no, like I just I, I don't I just don't know enough about this guy. I don't know a lot about him. Uh, maybe we'll have to hit up Field, have Field tell us a little bit about this guy. But I don't know, man. It's just uh, hopefully, I mean. I'm glad they grabbed an offensive-minded coach. That's what we needed. Um, I think that, obviously, this, you know, Nick has to be okay with having both quarterbacks on the roster and being able to, um, you know, being able to decipher who's going to be our starting quarterback for the long haul, um, a guy who's going to work with Wentz. I think the biggest thing, though, of this coaching hire is holding Carson Wentz accountable. And this is why I think that it has a chance to work is – when we're reading, when you, you know, we were just talking about that Jeff McClain article um, about Carson Wentz and the whole situation and the and the totality of the Eagles this this season. The biggest thing that they said attributed to Carson Wentz's success was that Frank Wright was very critical of Carson Wentz and held him to a very very high standard and didn't let him didn't let him do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. It wasn't Carson Wentz's world; it was Frank Wright's world. And whoever the head coach is. He obviously has to gain the respect of Carson. And once he gains the respect of Carson, I think he needs to hold him accountable. And I, and it's just weird because both these Philly teams have had the same issues of coaches not holding them accountable. And you've seen now what a coach holding a team accountable can do to a team when you look at the Philadelphia uh, Sixers. Doc Rivers comes in there, starts holding guys accountable. Guys play for the most part, starts to elevate. Now right. let's let's see what Nick does. If Nick comes in, um, he you know gains the locker room's respect and he starts holding guys responsible. I, I can't wait to see what this team can do when because we saw what Carson Wentz is when you hold him accountable, and we've also seen him when you don't. And I'd rather take a coach who's going to be hard on that man than a guy who's just going to let him do whatever the fuck he wants to do because he don't really got a bull. He he got he got a bull, but he ain't got a bull. Yeah, he Adam Morrison with the rings, but. It's interesting to me where the guy comes from, you know, because one, he's the OC, 
for a quarterback who just retired, who you don't really feel like that in, in Phillip Rivers. But I will say he had him playing at a decently, you know, a high level. You know, he played well. Now, but again, is that Frank Wright or is that Nick? And and this is the this is the next point that I I, I find interesting. There was rumors and you know speculation that oh whoever the heck coach for the Eagles is they have to be very on board with whatever direction they're going to take with Carson Wentz. You know, so if if we think Carson Wentz stays, which it probably looks like he's going to, unless for some reason you guys hire the OC for the Colts and then trade a quarterback to the Colts. I don't see that being a thing because there's too many things going on, too many things being, you know, overlapped. And one thing that I think is an overlapping, not issue, but topic is he's the OC coming from a guy who just coached Carson Wentz. So I would assume they know he's going to take the job. You know, they've had these conversations prior. I would assume that he has given him some type of not care package tangibly, but knowledge and pointers on how to handle Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's a, a, it's a no name hire, if you want to call it that. But I think that factor alone, that familiarity from the head coach coming into a new situation with a guy who your head coach knows very, very well, like you said, around the Super Bowl. I would assume that it helps. You know, I would assume that coming in there, he's going to have some type of idea on how to handle Carson Wentz and approach him the right way because it's make or breaking for, for Carson Wentz in Philly, man. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not. The clock is getting close to 12 on him and we're going to see what happens. But, you know, QB coming back, new coach, we're going to see what happens. Hopefully it's not a situation like, you know, that first year with, with LaFleur and, and Rodgers, like, oh, like those guys hate each other. Two strong-minded guys. They can't mesh together. They're conflicting. They're they're crashing heads. Now we see those guys on the verge of the Super Bowl. Like, you want to know the craziest part about that situation, though, is Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers had their rift first season. Second season, they draft a, they draft a quarterback in Jordan Love. And the whole talk is, well, I guess the floor is trying to get Jordan Love in here. I guess, you know, he's already trying to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is on the move. And Aaron Rodgers comes out and have, has an MVP season. Same thing happens to Carson Wentz. We draft Jalen Hurts. Oh, maybe Carson Wentz is out here. People are like, nah, there's no way. There's no way they do that. And then it happened. So it's just like... Is Carson Wentz that good of a player? Like, I mean, I mean, Aaron Rodgers obviously is a one of one, but it's like one guy stepped up to the plate and balled the fuck out, and the other guy didn't. Obviously, the one guy did have a lot more help, which you know is is just the facts of the matter. Yeah, that's obvious. But I mean, it's just crazy to see those two in parallel situations, and then also you know seeing Aaron Rodgers pull him to the side and talking to him. You know, it's just I don't know, it's just wild. I mean, it is interesting because, like, it, it, it begins to make you think, like, well, what type of, like, player is Carson? Like, is he a guy who's okay with competition? Is he secure in his, you know, his skill set? Because Aaron Rodgers don't give a fuck who you draft behind him. He ain't better than me. That's his mentality. Yeah. I'm sure that's every professional athlete's mentality, but 
it looks like, you know, his confidence was a little shaken, but we'll see what happens with those guys. Cause you know, he could have turned into Josh Allen and just took off. Cause you know, this weekend in the NFL, we got new versus old. Well, not new versus old, but we see the new age and the old quarterbacks. New versus old. But we're going to see a new versus old in the Super Bowl, no matter what. Regardless. Regardless. I mean, I personally want to see Brady get back to the bowl. (sighs) I want to see that, but I've always had this kind of thing against Aaron Rodgers because a lot of his fans who I know like to put him over Brady for all these random crazy things. The same thing they did with Peyton Manning and they ended up coming around around bowl uh, four and five that, you know, he's probably better than Peyton, you know? You know? It's probably going to be the same thing with Rodgers, but I would love to see Rodgers get one because every year, I ain't going to say every year, but every couple of years, you'll, you'll, you'll watch a sport and you'll see a team catch fire and you're like, destiny. Ain't no way they're going to lose no championship this year. The Giants... The Eagles, I guess, for you guys. You Yo, know. come on now. Don't do that. Like, can you? Honestly, bro, when, when y'all were playing the Falcons and Keanu Neal, shout out Florida, missed the interception off his <laughs> knee, and y'all caught that joint first down and, like, not really, like, a pivotal moment in the game, but, like, just get a little tight. I saw that joint. I'm like, they're going to at least go to the bowl. It's a <laughs> feeling. You know, it's just – you just feel it because you see, you see a play and it's the like – stars were aligning. Hey, yeah, it's not supposed to happen. And like you said earlier, like the Packers go and they, instead of addressing a weapon need, which we thought they needed, they go get a QB. Prior lights a fire under Rodgers' ass, whatever the case may be. They just look like a team who's going to roll right to the bowl. Do you think they beat the Bucks? Who do you got in that zone? Like, what happens? I, I, I do have Aaron Rodgers beating the Bucks only because – and I know this is like a, a cliche thing to say, but I mean, it does have some validity. You know, those those warmer weather teams going into Lambeau, it's a different beast in, in January. Going into Lambeau in January is is no slight. It is no easy thing. It's, it's the frozen tundra. And you better be fucking ready to ball the fuck out. Ask Odell Beckham Jr. and them guys. They was on a boat the week before, got to Lambeau, thought they was bull, had their shirts off playing in the snow and got the fuck out of there. They, 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 they got, they got, they got, <laughs> they got fucked up, but no. The milk's going bad. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely going bad. The milk went bad. Yeah, no, I just, think, I, I just think Aaron Rodgers is going to be too much. I, I think he's playing at an elite level, but here's my question to you. Now you talking about all this Aaron Rodgers hate that you have in your heart. It's not hate. It's just, I like to keep it real. And the people just, who are fans of him don't like that. Those real statements are like, Real statements, but go ahead. But I'm just, I, I think that Aaron Rodgers is the better talent compared to Tom Brady. Tom Brady, obviously, too many championships to, to, to knock off of, knock off the pedestal. But at the same time, if we're talking about quarterback talent, I think Aaron Rodgers has so much more quarterback talent. Now, if you disagree to that, I, I need to hear your feelings on Philip Rivers because you love Philip Rivers. That's your guy. And you think that he's better than Eli Manning. Which he is, yes. Okay, but so if you believe that, then you have to believe that Aaron Rodgers 
does have the possibility and can legitimately be a better quarterback than Tom Brady. I mean, individually, yeah. I mean, he, if you have a box of checkables next to a player in a position, Aaron Rodgers has more boxes boxes checked from a physical talent standpoint than Tom Brady. I mean, he him being able to move better than Tom is like a huge advantage between the two. Because Tom can't move. He's he, you know, he he can't manipulate the pocket the way that Rodgers does. So it can happen. It, you can have that, yeah, for sure. But the better football player is for sure hundred percent Tom Brady. I mean, that's right. I don't know. I don't think that's but this is the thing, like this is the thing that we we I mean we talk about it all the time. Like you can be individually better than somebody, but they can be the better player than you. If that makes sense. Like more talented player, sure. Like you're not going to say Tom Brady's the greatest regular season quarterback already because we already created that subdivision for Drew Brees because he can't fit the upper mold. You know, you had to throw you had to throw your Drew Brees shot. <laughs> Am I lying? I mean, Drew Brees is a very good player, but Drew Brees is you know I mean, and it can be a little overrated at times. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he is. I mean, where do you have him on that list of, of those guys? I mean, he's definitely behind Rodgers, Brady, Manning, and then I guess it's Brees. Oh, it could be. I mean, is he is, is Eli Manning better than Drew Brees? I think that's a better nah, 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 nah. I, 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 I don't know how you. I don't know how you like Eli Manning over Philip Rivers. I like Eli Manning over Philip Rivers. He got Rivers. He had. I mean, he has bowls, but he also shows up at crucial times like i mean obviously i mean here's the thing eli manning has dropped the ball in critical times he's done it before i understand that but at the same time eli manning has found a way to propel his team deep into the playoffs philip rivers has never found a way to do that never never and you can say you can say you can say he was in the afc chip game you can say that you know he didn't have this he didn't have that but there was ample times where Philip Rivers throws a late game interception and loses the game for his team. He had LT. He had Antonio Gates. He had Sean Marion on the defensive side. Like he had these these I one of one pro what? I know Sean Marion play football. Sean Merriman? Yeah, that guy, yeah, that's a, he's a player. Sean Merriman. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, you, you know, quote, you know my mouth is fucked up. But no, what I'm, I'm saying is you know my mouth is fucked up. Okay, but what I'm telling you is if you're going to go through and run down the whole Philip Rivers resume thing, since you want to go the resume route, we can do that because one resume is a thousand, thousand, thousand times better than the other. It's funny that you try to kill Philip Rivers for <laughs> interceptions when the guy who you're trying to peg above him has led the league in interceptions more times than Philip Rivers has. You know, while simultaneously being top five in passing yards, and the resume for Philip Rivers is long and extensive. It's just missing a Super Bowl. That's okay because not everybody wins a chip. Okay, you're a Carmelo Anthony fan, right? I mean, I like Melo. Yes, no. <laughs> yes, I like Melo. What was the knocks on Melo? Like, oh, he never got to the finals. He can't win. Da, da, da. But Melo never had the talent to do so. There's a difference. That's cool, but but I'm sorry. I said 
The difference is Melo never had the talent to win a chip. Phillip Rivers has. <laughs> I, I, I don't see that when both of those players, it's funny. This is so funny. It's like, it really <laughs> tickles me inside because it's like Carmelo Anthony, ah, oh, he doesn't have the talent to win, whatever. Phillip Rivers, ah, oh, he doesn't have the talent to win, whatever. Oh, wow. Both of these guys are in an era where dynastic, never before seen things were going on in their respective sports. Melo can't get to the finals if he can't beat the Jazz, who's getting 50 wins, uh, 50 wins a season, and the Spurs, who are winning six chips, and the Lakers, who are winning six chips, and then you got Tom Brady winning six chips and going to the AFC Championship for 14 years. You have Peyton Manning over here go, taking up all the other ones available, and then you have Ben Roethlisberger over here doing the same thing. All those teams over there in the NFL, you know the commonality? Great management. Great drafting. Great manipulation of the cap. You didn't, Those quarterbacks didn't have a different starting offensive lineup every week for two years in their Super that's Bowl fair. window. No, that's fair. That's I fair. mean, we just got to put the things in perspective. That's the only – that like, in the whole argument, fuck all those other excuses. I really don't give a fuck. I mean, but, it just sucks. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is the only legitimate excuse that I will – even remotely respect is the fact that he's never had a solid offensive line. That's, that's literally fair. That's a hundred to hundred percent legitimate. It's legitimate. I can't, I will not deny that. They, I mean, he's had some okay offensive lines. He's definitely had some okay ones, but he's never had a great offensive line, which is fair. I won't, I won't, I won't refute that. But at the same time for me, for the amount of like offensive talent that he's had to just not, and to only have been to one conference championship. What do you want him to do when the Steelers See, are the that, Steelers? But, 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 but yes, yeah, why are you the giving Ravens, him an excuse? Literally, but literally just elevate your play. Like no, you're acting, bro. no, 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 but yes, yeah, this is what, this is what, this is what I'm not understanding. No. You're acting like, no, you're acting like, he, you know, he did everything he could and, you know, he played, he played perfect games when it mattered the most, when it's he did it, but it doesn't matter. Yates, at the end of the day, he didn't play well enough to win. You talk about the amount of interceptions, you talk about the amount of interceptions that Eli Manning has. You talk about the amount of interceptions that Eli Manning has, yet and still Eli Manning was able to find a way to make plays and to win games. That, it's, 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 that's the stop, genesis. Stop, stop, that's stop, the genesis. Stop, stop, stop. Phillip Rivers is a better quarterback than Eli Manning, first of all. Second of all, Phil, Eli Manning made what plays? He threw his he threw the ball with his eyes closed in two of the most improbable plays that can never, ever, 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 ever again be replicated happened. A player caught the ball with his helmet. And are we not going to the Super Bowl? Are we not going to talk about the Mario Manningham touchdown? Thank you. Player caught the ball over cover three in the most perfect pass ever. Okay, good pass, one bowl, whatever. But what I'm telling you, <laughs> if, if you put Philip Rivers on those Giants teams, they win more Super Bowls than what they did with fucking Eli. Okay. 100,000 percent, bro. I can't 100, call that. 100,000 percent. I can't call that. 
a million times over. I can't call that. How not? I don't. Eli I, Manny, bro, bro, there's no way. Rivers not a guy to throw in the cold. He don't like that cold. He he a San Diego bull. Cause he went there. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> cause no, he, cause Eli knew. Eli knew that he should. That, Eli, no timeout. And uh, again, I'm gonna bring it back up. Eli <laughs> knew that the fucking management in San Diego was ridiculous. Let me go over here with the Giants, who have an established relationship with their players and hey my dad and my brother who happen to also be in the league said it's in my best interest to not go to a fucking failing franchise with the chargers <laughs> the chargers now to this day they have an up-and-coming incredible quarterback they're never ever going to get fans back in them stands even when they can come back from the pandemic you know why because they were having home games that turned into a right away games they're not respected she was bad it's not just the fan base, it's because and, of how they run the organization. And sidebar, sidebar, people need to start putting that respect on Justin Herbert's name. Y'all was disrespecting him in the draft, talking about he not this. I was one that. of them. I was one of them. You I shouldn't have been. I, 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 wasn't big, I wasn't big on him because I saw him come up small. Like you like you love to talk about all of a sudden. I see him come up very, very small in the Pac-12 way too much. That's all. But I mean, that's but before, I mean, but before before I get something off my chest, I just want to I just want to ask you something like <laughs> when you throw for over 41, 4,100 yards in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, forty seven hundred, eleven, <laughs> twelve out of your 17 years after the first two you got hurt, you're throwing for 41 plus. What are we what are we really talking about here? 30 34 touchdowns to 11, 28 to 9, 30 to 13, 17 year. 6 and 15, 32 and 11, 31 and 18, 21 29 and 13. 33 and 21 was a ridiculous year. <laughs> 2016. That was a year Keenan Allen got hurt. If we compare if we compare them Jones to Eli Manning, his career numbers aren't better than Phillip Rivers. You can't knock Phillip Rivers for throwing late game interceptions because they're on sports center top 10 plays and not acknowledge that Eli Manning led the league in turnovers multiple times and also throws the ball away. Like turnovers happen. I mean, yeah, he led the league in interceptions, you know, three out of the three times. That's a lot. Three out of the Is he Terry Bradshaw. I guess he's Terry Bradshaw. You I mean, like that shit, then? I guess Terry I, don't, I don't like that shit. Fuck it, Terry I, Bradshaw over Montana. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> tell it to me. No way. No way. No, no. no, just tell it to me. It's that's not how I feel at all. But that's at the same time, it, my thing is, bro. At the end of the day, you know, you talk about the, we talk about this in hoops. Star players make star player type plays, and at the end of the day. Philip Rivers didn't make those plays when it mattered the most. Like that, like that's the genesis of the situation, bro. Eli Manning bro, made the plays. Whether you whether, can't blame that on Philip Rivers. How, bro? You when can't you're blame that on Philip that's Rivers. What comes, that's narrative. what comes with that shit. That's the narrative, bro. The narrative on Eli Manning Super Bowls is not fucking Eli Manning going out there and ripping up the defense. It's the it's his defense holding down the Patriots. That's the narrative. It was never Eli Manning won those Super Bowls. It was the NASCAR defense doing it. Suck my in. Yeah. 
I'm not trying to hear that. Bro, you're bugging, though, but at the same time, they don't win any of those Super Bowls without Eli throwing the ball. Plexico Bears back in the corner. Like, game-winning drives. What are we talking about? We, If you want to talk about people winning bowls because of their defense, we'll bring up your guy, Tom Brady, because he's infamous for that shit. So what do you really want to say? Tom Brady had the the, the game winning drive. Oh, okay, so, 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 so you want to talk out. about game winning drive? You want to talk about game winning drives? You can talk about Eli Manning's game winning drives. I'm out. His his game winning drives were not on the heels of the defense. Tom Brady's deep Tom Brady's Super Bowls that he's lost since we have a lot of those those type of things. They're from the defense not holding up their end. You cannot have a, a, a better or worse conversation off of Super Bowl wins because this guy has them and this guy doesn't. The totality of the player. One's better than the other by a wide margin. One is a surefire Hall of Famer, and no one's debating it. The other is. You know? He's not. <laughs> That's all. Whatever codes you want to put it in. I mean, both of them. Him, Philip Rivers are not Hall of Famers. Sorry. Phil Oops. Rivers will be in the Hall of Fame before Eli Manning. Put the bread up. <laughs> put the bread up. Put on wax. Put on wax. Put on wax. I'll, see. I'll send you a code. I'll send you a code. But um, that. I want to get this <laughs> off my chest before we get out of here. The whole like you remember you, you saw Get Out right yeah when my man came up and was like hey I would have voted for Obama for a third time if I could or you know I like watermelon too those type of coded languages you know that's that's imprinted racism we're seeing this thing in the NFL now and it's a wave of uh, just one. Eric Bieniemy all of a sudden is just a terrible interviewer. To me, that sounds like code for he he's black. We're about to go through a coaching cycle and have no coaching candidates that were hired be black men. Not minorities, specifically black men. I have a problem with that. <laughs> Especially when we're, we're, we're hoarding it and, and, and cloaking it over this concept of, oh, he's a bad interviewer. Okay. I could be a bad interviewer at ESPN, but I got hired because my production shows that I can do the job. Me being a bad interviewer has nothing to do with my ability to coach and connect with players. And, you know, I just so happen to be coaching maybe the best quarterback ever. I can't get a job. I don't feel that. I feel you on that. I, it's like like we talked about earlier, man. I, I was really expecting Eric B. Enemy, and that I like that was the only name. I mean, maybe Deuce. I, I knew Deuce probably wasn't going to get it. I just don't think, you know, the management believes in that. But which is another issue. It's like, why do you not believe that a black man can galvanize and and pull together the um you know a bevy of men? To achieve a goal like I just don't get that like I I don't understand and the amount of opportunities that white coaches get um are you know astronomical like people love to say you know why are we going to bring in race about this like this is not about race it's just about who's the better candidate and who they want no it is about race and the NFL brought it upon themselves to bring it about race by ostracizing black players and black coaches in the league and and making them not feel welcome and making them not feel worthy and making it making so many ladders for them um to have to climb in order to be um at the you know at the at the pinnacle of their of their occupation so it's just like they're bringing they're bringing race into it themselves if they 
you know, held man, held, held, you know, different organizations and different clubs accountable for their actions and, and for them, you know, not hiring black coaches, then it wouldn't be an issue. It would be just the best coach, uh, you know, or it would just be, you know, whatever coach organization feels comfortable bringing in but this just shows that relationships and white owners and white rich billionaires don't connect with black people. And that's just the fact of the matter. Like they, there's a disconnect and it's not because we're not trying to connect with them. It's because they are so set in stone and so privileged and so blinded by their whiteness that they feel as though that they don't need to try and understand the black man. They don't need to under try and understand the black perspective because they hold all the power because they always have and always, hopefully they won't always will, but that's what it's looking like now. I mean, you just can see it like the, there's the aspect of sports that like, you know, I, I, I try not to focus on because it really would rub me the wrong way. And it's like the owners of these teams, like even the concept of the word owners, you know, another conversation, but Literally. these owners, these teams have such influence within their communities and not in the sense of, you know, providing jobs and, you know, rehabilitating the, the community. Like, no, they're, they're involved in the politics of their communities, which in turn turns them, which in turn makes them involved in the politics of our our country, and our country is in a time right now where white supremacy is showing its face. Mm. These owners who we never see, these faceless men, these faceless women with millions of dollars, they contribute to what's going on in our society in a way that we don't even really want to have a conversation about. The dream are about to get a new owner because she happened to be someone who was against the Black Lives Matter movement, which is a conflicting conversation because she's an owner of a almost all black team in an all black league of all black women of all things. Not gonna, that should show people that, yo, this is bigger than just Black people complaining about not getting a chance or Black people getting hired because, oh, the ruling rule says it, or fine, like, we'll hire you in spite of you, not because of your, your merit. And that's not what I'm here for. So we want to have, like, accountability seems to have been the theme today. And, like, yeah, the player awakening, the pro player thing, like, we are starting to see players become more voiceful in what they believe in, especially when it comes to their owners. They're having direct conversations with their owners. They're challenging them because they hold a huge responsibility that is hidden in the shadows and I'm not feeling it. That's just it's me. a new day and I'm feeling well, it. Well, <laughs> I said, well. No, shout out to the WNBA though, man. They really, they like people, like I don't think, you know, people love talking about the NBA and and you know what they've done during this whole movement what they've done on 2020 man the wmba i just can't i can't speak on i mean i just think they've done so much more than the nba and not to try and diminish uh the nba but the wmba just really carried it just like i mean just i mean it, it it's like history always repeats itself black women are always the forefront of every single of every single movement and they don't get enough credit for it. But, you know, good thing we got this show, man, to give these Black women some credit. Hopefully next week we'll have a Black woman guest on. 
so we can speak. Yeah, we might need to get a black woman on there to to speak her truth or something. We'll we'll see if we can get that that in the works. That'll be them strings. <laughs> That'll be to be determined. See if we can get a little get get a new face up on this joint, man. We'll see if we can get it happen. Definitely but to be determined. Go Brady. <laughs> ha ha yeah. Woo woo woo, Rogers. <laughs> this is not why you are here. Fuck this. <laughs>